0: Welcome to the Snowfibs podcast. Today I'm speaking with Gregory Andrews. He's the owner and founder of Live Dreaming, an adjunct professor with the University of Canberra's Applied Ecology, deputy board chair of the Canberra Writers' Festival. He's been an ambassador and high commissioner in West Africa. He's also been a diplomat in China, Japan and the UN, and he was Australia's first appointed threatened species commissioner. Gregory is also on a hunger strike at the front of Parliament House in Canberra. So welcome Gregory. Hey Wayne, thanks Um, for having me. So you're on a hunger strike?
1: Yes, I'm actually just about to, I'm almost about to finish my first week. Uh, Last Wednesday, the 1st of November was the first, the last time I ate something. I had three gulab jamun for dessert. We had Indian from our favourite takeaway and my son and my daughter, let me have their gulab jamun, you know, those round balls that are sort yeah. of really yummy. Yeah.
0: And um, what, what prompted the hunger strike?
1: Well, to be frank with you, I think um, the world and the Australian government has cognitive dissonance about the fact that we've moved from climate change as a future emergency to climate collapse now. I worked um, for Greg Combe and Julia Gillard um, when they were in government and were more ambitious on climate. But even then, climate change was something that we thought we could still delay action and it would just cost a lot more if we delayed action, Mm. but there's no more time for delay. And this year, my wife reckons that I was doom-scrolling climate science too much. Uh, but, you know, all of the climate science and all of the data not only is reaching new peaks but the trends are actually going completely off-trend and in the wrong direction. And yeah. I, I trained as an econometrician, so I basically have first-class honours degree in statistics. And, and that, although I'm not a climate scientist, the data, looking at the data, just completely freaked me out. And then the weather um, in the last six months... The catastrophes in um, the northern hemisphere, but also you know in Bolivia and Brazil, they've had some of the record temperatures, and it's the middle of winter, so they're breaking new heat records that would normally be broken in summer, and they're breaking them in winter. So I think all of that, to be honest with you, Wayne, it pushed me into climate grief. I had to go onto anti depression me- medication, and um, I think as an Australian of shared Aboriginal and European blood, I, I think it also gave me ecological grief, like I felt devastated about what's happening to country, not just our country as a nation, but country, um, the biodiversity here. And, and I just couldn't break out of it. And I thought, well, I don't wanna take antidepressant medication for the rest of my life. And, and actually that's not gonna fix the climate crisis so, yeah, yeah so I, I, I think the trigger for it actually was when Tanya Plibersek, after, uh, having been in government for, you know, I, this only just approaching six months, but about six months ago she approved her fourth coal mine approval and, and the total cumulative emissions of those four coal mines is 147 million tonnes... And then meanwhile on Twitter she was tweeting out how proud she was for approving a 1 million ton saving solar energy project, you know, and I applaud her for that project. But you can't actually brag about climate action uh, when you approve a million tonnes reduction and approve 147 million ton increase. And, and yeah. so that combined with the Gouldian Finch habitat destruction in Darwin. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It's not directly climate related, except that it is habit, habitat clearing, but um, the government approved again Minister Plibersek, who I think's a really nice lady, and I don't want to sound like I'm you know, trash talking her, because um, I, I actually really admire her and Albanese for the voice, their, their determination on that, and we could get onto that later, but But she approved the Defence Housing Authority to destroy critically endangered Gouldian Finch habitat for a housing estate. And I think that was just the trigger. I thought, okay, I've been writing letters and tweeting and I've worked in the government as an ambassador and a deputy climate negotiator to the UN and as a threatened species commissioner. But um, I need to do something else. And... I really admire people like Violet Coco, the people that are taking direct action and I thought oh, maybe I could glue myself to some government department or something hmm. but but yeah. then I just thought, I don't know how I thought about the hunger strike and my mum's 83 and I asked her and I, but I said, Mum, I'm thinking of something and I just want to warn you, I lied to her, I said my doctor supports me on it as long as I follow her guidance with my doctor doesn't. Someone lied to their mum. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My doctor doesn't support it because actually I've got a heart condition. But anyway, I, yeah. and I'm going to do something, and I won't get arrested, but it'll be quite perceived by some people as radical. And she goes, "Are you going on a hunger strike?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, "Oh, Gandhi mom's did. Not. Gandhi did heaps of those." And so that was that was it. I thought, if my mum's behind me, an 83 year old woman who loves me and is willing for me to risk my health, um, that was it. So then I started planning it about four months ago and um, here I am at the end of um, week one. And to, uh, to be honest with you, I feel stronger today than I did on day one, day two or day three.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got quite a background in, 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 well, I guess you might say government of a sort. Yeah. You know, as you just said, um uh threatened species commissioner. Yeah. Various diplomatic roles. Mm. Um you've worked in government at various government departments as well. Yeah. I haven't got the list here, but yeah. there were quite a few there. Yeah. Um what do people from those worlds think about younger strike? Because oh. it is it is quite a radical step yeah. really, isn't it? It's not something that happens every day.
1: It's really interesting. Um, You know, I think people people who know me have three reactions. They either just say, good on you, Gregory, or they go, Gregory, I'm really worried about you. I support your cause, but I can't support the way you're doing it. And actually one of the ministers who I, I worked for, I let all of the people who I worked for, including the minister's, and senior, like, heads of department no, And quite a few of the heads of department just said, take care, Gregory, and, you know, they couldn't comment any further officially because of their mm. roles as public servant. Um, one of the ministers who I work for and who I really respect, he, he said, Gregory, I respect what you're doing. I respect, he said, Gregory, I respect your, the cause and your intention, but I cannot condone what you're doing you're a father, and he was cross with me. Um, but actually, and, and then, um, so basically a long answer because I'm a little bit kind of spacey, uh, but basically it's really interesting, you know, a head, of, a, a, a head of a government agency in Canberra, a climate agency, came up two days ago and sat down with me for half an hour and gave me a hug and told me I was doing the right thing. Um, and then very senior people from the Department of um, Foreign Affairs and Trade have come up and um, given me a hug. And they can't really, you know, do a selfie because the Australian public yeah. uh, unfortunately, actually, I respect that public servants need to be apolitical, but both um, – particularly Scott Morrison but also Kevin Rudd, to be frank with you, they weaponised the Australian Public Service Act to gag public servants – and um so the so um, and then a, a couple of the public servants who visited me yesterday um said, um, they were worried about my health uh, but but no one has actually none of those people in the public service who I know have criticized my action or the justification for what I'm doing, uh, but also, I know because I used to do it, they'll all be writing talking points to justify the current inadequate government policy and I don't say that as a criticism of them that's the unfortunately that's how jump, the public yeah. service has evolved the public service particularly under Scott Morrison and the robo debt inquiry really showed that where the public servants and that was a royal commission you know fully investigated but it showed that the public service has just become like this obedient um, not only kind of telling the government but it, what it wants to hear, but also trying to guess what the government wants and telling the government what it thinks the government wants. Yeah. So, so I know that there'll be a whole briefing chain in process where, where public servants will be writing all these talking points for the minister and like in case the prime minister gets asked by the Teals in parliament next week, um, there'll, there'll be a question time brief on it and all of that business but actually I the other day a week and a half before the climate before I started this climate hunger strike I ran into Andrew Lee who's the labor met one of the two labor members of parliament in Canberra and I actually quite like him he's a very decent kind man and I I was asked to give a speech at a at a post referendum yes rally and I was asked like a barbecue and I was asked at the last minute and It was pretty intense as an Aboriginal person to stand up in front of a hundred people and talk about the failure of the voice. And it was kind of quite tough, but I did it. And he was there, and so he came up afterwards and sat down next to me and was really kind and genuine and thanked me for doing that. And then I said, Andrew, I need to talk to you about climate change. And then I, I started telling him the facts about that we're no longer in a future emergency. There's no more time left. It's climate collapse. The UN Secretary General has said that. And he's clearly said Australia is completely and utterly on the naughty mat on this. And Andrew Mm. just started telling me, like regurgitating all these whole of government cleared talking points. And I I said to him, Andrew, with respect, I don't want to hear whole of government cleared talking points. I used to write those in government. I said, that's Mm. not going to fix the problem. And it's just making me even more cross and actually what it'll do, if you don't act at the next election, there'll be more David Pococks, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and David Pocock was the mm. first politician to come down and see me and he sat with me and he was really worried about me but he was also, he admired me for what I was doing. Um, but, you know, I think the, um, and I just said to Andrew, I, I Hearing the regurgitated whole of government talking points is just making me angry, uh, and um, we need to break out. I think out it's making a lot of people angry, actually. Yeah, it is. So, so I, so flipping to the hunger strike, it's really weird. I feel stronger and more empowered, and I feel like I have more agency on climate policy than I ever have at working in government or you know out of government right now sitting out in the front of parliament house and i've got my swag because i'm trying to save energy because i'm losing weight a bit faster than i'd like to um but also it's going to rain for the next two days and some of the trolls and everything are going ah oh, that'll be the end of him he won't <laughs> he'll clear out i'm going to show them i don't care if there's torrential rain i'm just bunkering down in my swag but um, I feel powerful from that and, and honestly like I was looking at my social media and, and I'm not that good at, at it but, you know, I'm getting better but I've reached over a million people so a million people know what I'm doing um, and um, over 2,000 people have signed my petition and if any of your listeners can sign that, I'll be grateful because I want to get 200,000 people. When Anthony Al- Yeah, thanks. When Anthony Albanese gets back, from China next um, Monday and is in Parliament house, I'll be here, and I'll be here when he leaves. I'll be here the day after he leaves, when he goes back to Sydney and flies out um you know on his Qantas plane or whatever or his his learjet um I'll still be here and and I want to get as many signatures on that petition as I can because I think I'm not the only person that's had enough, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you've got you've got a a, a list of what was it, f- five?
1: Yeah, I've got five demands. Yeah, so yeah, I'm calling I'm calling on the government to end fossil fuel subsidies, end fossil fuel exports, end native forest logging, put a climate trigger in our environment protection laws, the EPBC Act, and to mm-hmm. release the National Security Climate Impact Assessment Report. And, you know, on the fossil fuel subsidies, our government spends more subsidising fossil fuel companies than it does on the Australian Army. And fossil fuels are the biggest threat to our national security. Uh, climate change is the biggest threat to our national security and they're spending over $11 billion a year making that worse and that's more than they spend on the army which is supposed to protect us so they've just completely got things around the wrong way and they've got cognitive dissonance and they're trapped listening to their own talking points yeah it's i i
0: read someone the other day i don't i didn't check to see if it was accurate but mm. someone claimed the other day that um already in this fire season yeah um, the damage is worse than at the same point in 2019.
1: I I wouldn't be surprised, I'm up in Wayne. Yeah, Yeah, I think there are over 50 fires in Queensland. You know, um, yeah. I I own a conservation property that has a covenant on it, and and as an Aboriginal person, I do cultural burning on it. So that's kind of like burning when the grasses and and everything's still wet, and when it's cold and in winter. And actually, normally I can cultural burn from about April, May to late September. Last year I was even doing it in October. This year I had to stop burning in July because it was already too hot and it was already too dry. And I think we've already had three months this year over 1.5 degrees and the Antarctic ice shelves are collapsing. Um, You know, the Amazon um, rainforest is collapsing uh, we're, we're clearly reaching tipping points and then you wouldn't believe it. I, I put out a tweet on it this morning. You would not believe what they're doing in Parliament this week. The senators, the the Labor government senators are teaming up with the Liberal government, the Liberal senators, to approve a bill that are, that actually makes it law and allows Australia to become a dumping ground for fossil fuels. So what they're trying to do to justify... Um, continued fossil fuel exports is for, um, for countries to actually send their CO2 emissions back to Australia and for us to pump them under the ground here. And we all know what happens with fracking, don't we? Like yeah. It actually, it's horrific. Like Apart from the climate impacts, it destroys, it permanently destroys water tables. It makes the land and the country toxic. And that's what the Labor government is trying to push through today. And I, I think that's what, uh, why I'm just so devastated. You know, I'm, I'm really proud of Anthony Albanese for pushing the voice and some people, 60% of Australians didn't support it and I reckon he probably knew he wasn't going to get that up. But he, he did what he said he would do and he did what he believed was right and in his heart he has to know that we've got to follow the climate science if we want a safe and prosperous future. And, and actually climate change, the impacts of climate collapse, no one's going to have a voice. So I want to see him show the same determination and the same bravery on climate action that he showed on The Voice. Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably up against some of the same people, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those two issues. I think you're Um, right. I I, sometimes when I'm sitting at Parliament House here and I look at it, I imagine that we should replace the Australian flag with the flag of Woodside Energy.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh about that, but it's it's, true. Like they, you know,
1: that's who they're listening to. Um, It sounds like it's a conspiracy theory, but it's true. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And the betaloo project in the Northern Territory has 1.4 million tonnes of emissions and the climate scientists from the United Nations call it a climate bomb.
0: You're, you're talking about the, you're, you're planning um, for this to sort of wind up, I guess, if we put it that way, during the next COP, is that
1: correct? I I I'm not you mentioned planning on the phone yesterday. Yeah, I I'm not planning to finish it then, but I I had to apply for a permit to protest. Yeah. And I actually should say I really I really like the federal police. They're being really kind to me. They they're making sure the cookers don't annoy me too much because some of the cookers keep driving past yelling out climate change is a hoax and driving big trucks and revving <laughs> their engines. And but um the, and the police have been getting water for my dog and all of that sort of stuff. but And they let my wife stop where you're not supposed to stop to unload my swag because they know I'm weak. But um, mm. I applied for my permit until the end of the COP because I kind of, like I had low expectations of the government to act soon. Mm. And so my permit, then I can reapply for another one. But I, I, I thought if they haven't acted during the COP then they're going to have to explain why the former Deputy Chief Negotiator of Australia to the United Nations Climate Negotiations is actually half dead out the front of Parliament House. I I, I know that sounds a bit of an exaggeration, but I I've, I've been tracking my weight and I tried to put on as much weight as I could and I was 80.1 kilos at the beginning and I'm now down to 75.6. So if I keep losing weight at that rate, then I'll have lost a third of my body weight, which is when it'll start getting really dangerous. Um, by yeah. the time the cop cops on, but but look, if they, if I don't at least hear from them or get some commitment, I'm going. I I've got nothing to lose. Three to six billion people are going to lose lose a safe place to live during my kids' lifetime, according to the IPCC report. So a third to a half of the planet's population will be dead or have to move somewhere else because of the heat. And um, so I've got my wife's support and I've got my children's support and my mum, and I'm going to keep going for as long as I can. You've had some visitors there.
0: You you mentioned before you've had... But I've noticed that you've just had people rocking up. The, yeah, uh, the other day there were scientists. I think.
1: Yeah, I've had um, I had Benjamin Schwesinger yesterday. He was the um, he was the ACT Scientist of the Year last year. He came up with some some students from East Timor, mm-hmm. and um, I also had um the day before that four of the scientists from the Threatened Species Commission. Um, now, the four of the scientists from the Threatened Species Committee, which is the, the committee that advises the government on the status of all the threatened animals and plants in Australia, they're all like Australia's most prominent scientists, like Kingsley Dixon and um, Sarah Legg. And, and so they, they all came up. Um, it's quite extraordinary. Yesterday, um, a really nice man called Grant, who's like a minister from the Uniting Church, came. Um, and the day before that, the Dalai Lama's former representative um, to Australia, he came um, with a like a delegation of um, the, from the Tibetan community and they said they're praying for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a young man who's the deputy head of the Victorian Youth Parliament and um, lots of people just come up and they just say, good on you, and shake my hand or give me a high five. Um, people sit down and yarn with me. Um, actually, if anyone wants to come and join me, particularly next week, you know, even just for a few hours or a day, I would really welcome that too. Yeah, exactly. Or Parliament's on. Yeah, because this week it's only the Senate. Next week it's the Senate and the House of Reps. So, yeah, if anybody wants to come and join me, yesterday, um a lady from the Bob Brown Foundation came which really meant a lot to me because I really admire Bob Brown like I think there's very few Australians that have the integrity the courage and the compassion that he has um but but often it's just like there was this elderly couple that came rode their bikes you know over off it's often just like the, the, um, the more random people, and that really affirms to me that I'm doing the right thing and that um, I'm not alone. I might be the only person out the front of Parliament House, but Australians know that we all Australians want a safe planet and it shouldn't be even a left or a right wing thing to say that we need to get emissions down to zero ASAP so that our kids have a future. But even me, I'm 55, so if I want to be alive in 2050, I still want to be alive in 2050, and I expect to be, but the science shows if emissions keep going up like they are, Canberra is going to be like Saudi Arabia while I'm still alive, let alone what it's going to be like when my children are, you know, in their 90s. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah. We're not on a good trajectory no we're not which is why um but getting back to that like how I had depression I'll tell you what as soon as I started planning this I realized I could wean myself off the depression tablets so like I did that under my doctor's advice and supervision um and I feel more mentally um empowered and um sort of happy than I ever have because I'm I'm doing something positive and, yeah. and I feel like I, I'm actually um, having an effect. I'm even, even the cookers, Or if you scroll through all my social media, it's quite funny. <laughs> like they, a lot of men, it's all very hyper-masculine misogynistic, but they, it's nearly all men and they all put pictures of like pizzas and hamburgers and steaks and lobsters and then they go, I drove my diesel truck to get this and and it was diesel-powered and blah, blah, blah. But I actually really like that because actually it shows that I'm disrupting people because those people, uh, deep down, they're really disturbed by climate change too, but they can't cope with it. They can't cope with the reality. So their their way of dealing with it is to deny it. Um, But, you know, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west and, and that's just physics and that happens every day and, and climate change is physics too. It's not a belief space, it's a reality, yeah. yeah. So um,
0: what times are you there during the day? I think you said you get there at about 6 o'clock in the morning?
1: Yeah, I'm not allowed to be here um, overnight so I leave mm-hmm. at dusk my wife and my wife or my teenage son Noah usually pick me up sort of after they've all had dinner. They I do miss that time though. I'm not missing eating, but I miss sitting with my family having dinner. But they usually pick me up after dinner so that I don't have to see them all eating. And uh yes, it does <laughs> Yeah, <enough>. yeah. And <laughs> actually it's a really nice time of the day. Like uh, but and then they drop my wife dropped me here this morning at about six fifteen. And and usually my favourite times of the day are uh, first thing in the morning for the first hour or two um, and then I just get a steady stream of visitors all day and then I, I, I try to sleep a few times. So I've got my swag, I've got a chair and I, I sit in the chair a lot but also I brought my swag just to get horizontal and really save my energy and so some people might think it makes me look weak but it doesn't it's actually just like my friend my good friend who's like an adopted brother he was a tibetan refugee uh, he was a monk and he's he's praying for me every day sultrum jutsu is his name but he said to me gregory if you're not putting in any energy in you need to minimize all energy out which is so simple but so true so Yeah, what I do is I just lie down as much as I can and um, just try not to move. And um, I've been listening to podcasts and uh, sleeping, but I usually find from about 9.30 or 10 until about 3.30 to 4.30, I get a steady stream of visitors. Mm. And then after about 5.30, usually one or two former colleagues Who I've worked with pop up and spend like they're on their way home. I actually should say, I mean it as a joke, but if you want to catch up with friends who you've lost track with, go on a hunger strike. strike. (laughs) It's like people who I haven't seen for 10 or 15 years come up and I go oh Kamal it's so lovely to see you and thank you so much for coming and I I feel bad that we've lost track and that's when I go right I'm going to waste some of my energy and give give this fella a hug who I haven't seen for a long time you know what I mean <laughs> yeah so I, I actually I'm really enjoying that I, I'm really enjoying um those conversations but I do get a bit tired and I think next week I'll have to I'm a bit of a chatty Cathy, like I, I like talking. And so next week I'll have to try and be a bit more disciplined and just talk less. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: um, I, I think we'll leave it there, Right, think. Go. Yeah. Um, and, look, good luck with it all. And Thank you. I, I, I won't say we'll talk later because I, I'm guessing as you, you move through the days it's going to yeah. get more difficult to talk to people.
1: I would be... I, I don't tired. I think I I think I will get a little bit more tired but but I I, I would be delighted to have a yarn again next week with you. I'll find the yeah. energy for that. Yeah, I Okay. I, I well, well I'm, let's do that. Let's yeah. have another
0: chat next week yeah. and see how it's how right. it's gone and how how the parliament uh That'd be great. is I, is working out.
1: Yeah, and cuz that's one of the reasons I'm saving energy this week cuz I know next week Monday to Friday a Monday to Thursday, the the House of Reps people are here, all yeah. of the the lower house people, and then the whole week the Senate's here. So that I need to save my energy, but but that this is what I'm here for, and um, the politicians aren't listening, and so the more people I can yarn with, and connect with through podcasts like yours, the better. And when you load it okay. up, let me know, and I'll send it out on my 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 social media channels oh, i will i yeah. will i will yeah. Um, yeah i'll do that all right okay okay Thanks, thank you great really good yarning with you thank you bye
0: thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this No trips podcast until next time good luck